All right, well, let's get started this morning. Does everybody have a note sheet and a clipboard? You got a clipboard there so you can write down the, fill in the blanks and uh, keep up with the sermon. And then when you go home, you'll remember what you learned. Amen. It doesn't matter what you hear, it's what you put to work. The word works by works. For those who work the word by works are faith is an act. So you can't act it out if you don't have it and if you don't really remember what it was that you learned. Because sometimes we receive in our emotions and the devil steals it before we get to the parking lot. So we don't receive in our emotions. We want to sit back and be taught the word of God. Amen. We have to value this moment where the word comes across the pulpit. God is speaking into our lives. Amen. This has been a very exciting week for me, and I'm excited to tell you about it during the sermon today. Y'all got your note sheet? Hold them up, and let's make a faith declaration. Say this. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. And I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on and shout the power of hope. All right, we're going to be talking about hope this morning. So we're just taking up, we're just, we're just putting pause on glorifying God in our family so that I could bring a message today about hope. Um, so we're not finished with that series, but we'll, we'll go back and visit it again. Maybe next week since it's Father's Day, we'll go back to uh, glorifying God in your family. How many of y'all feel like that's been helpful to you in your families? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, if, if, it, if it hasn't helped you now, just put it in your pocket. <laughs> And pull it out when you need it. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Praise the Lord. So, um, you know, if we're, if we're not careful, we will let the spirit of the world get into our hearts and we'll lose hope. Because the spirit of the world is in an uproar right now. So if we aren't careful, that will get on the inside of us as believers. So when our mind gravitates towards things like I'm no good I'm not making a difference I always mess up what's the point might as well give up that means the devil is shooting fiery darts in your mind to divide you divide you from your faith to divide you from your purpose see if he can get you to take your own self out the game he you do the work for him so we have to take those fiery darts and uh, bring them, bring, take them captive. So hopelessness breeds in uncertain times. So hopelessness is out there. A lot of people are, that's what all you're hearing are hopeless things. You know, as I scroll through Facebook, I used to see so much positive stuff. Now I'm seeing just negative thing after negative thing after negative thing. I'm over it. I don't know about you, but I'm over it. And it's up to us to be the difference. Amen? So it's not a time to be quiet, but it's time to be the church of God, to be the ambassadors of hope that God has called us to be. He's called us to be ambassadors of hope. Amen? So let's look at, number one, the need for hope. So if, if faith is a car, then hope is the fuel. So hope is the fuel that faith runs on. That's your first blank. Number one, hope is the fuel that faith runs on. Hope, hope is the fuel that faith runs on. So if your faith is ever going to get off the ground, you have got to have 
hope. Amen. And uh, so that means that we have to be focused on the things of God if we're going to have hope. We can't let these things from the world seep into our spirits and bring us down and get us to a level of, of faithlessness and hopelessness. Amen. So we need uh, to have hope. See, faith and hope goes hand in hand. Amen. Faith is stirred in hope. So you have to stir up your hope if you're going to stir up your faith. Amen. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So faith is the confidence that we have... Uh, that what we hope for, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. So we have to have hope. If we, you know, if you're not hoping for anything, you're not in faith. But God has called us, the just shall live by faith. And we walk by faith and not by sight. So we have to have our hope stirred up and be in hope for the, the things of God to come to pass in the earth. So hope. What is hope? It's a feeling of expectation. And desire for a certain thing to happen. It's a positive expectation that something good is going to happen to you because of God's great goodness. You ought to underline that part right there. It's going to happen to me. Why? Because God is so good. Underline of God's great goodness. Something good is going to happen. Can you say that this morning? Say something good. Y'all need to say it like an army. Say something good is about to happen to me because of God's goodness. Amen. Say that again. Say something good is about to happen to me because of God's goodness. Amen. Firm and unwavering positive expectation based on a believable, on believability of a credible source. How many of you know God is a credible source? And I think we need to step our hope and our faith up to another level. Like you noticed this morning when I was praying for Kenneth, I'm giving God a timetable. God, before the end of the day, you know, Peter and John said, Get up right now. Silver and gold have I not, but such as I have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It didn't take him but a second. He leaped up on his feet and began to leap and to praise God right now. So really, maybe I'm out of faith by saying by the end of the day. Would give you time to doubt, but I think we need to be a little more, let our hope be a little more in line with how big God is. He's able. Ooh, he's able. He, if, he, if he didn't mean it, he shouldn't have said it. It's up to us to believe it. If we can get hope to rise up in our hearts. What has crushed our hope? Just making it through this pandemic? Being separated from one another? What has crushed our hope? What has tamped down our faith? It's time for us to, to fire it up, amen? To stoke the fires of hope so that faith can rise up. It really just, you know, I think it takes less effort to believe God big than it does to just get by and say, well, yeah, okay. I think, I think we ought to really focus on God being big. People lose hope, though, in times like this. People lose hope. And think about people who don't know Christ in this time. They, they feel hopeless. Things are uncertain, and they feel hopeless. And then they get, in, get their mouth in agreement with what's going on rather than what God wants, and people lose hope. They experience overwhelming loss, repeated failures, 
impossible situations, hurt by people that we trust. We experience things that could affect our hope, that could cause us to lose hope. Lose hope, but we have to hope. We're believers, and hope is at the very core of who we are. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Come on, we, do we believe that or not? Amen. Some people say, I don't expect anything good to happen. If I don't expect anything good to happen, I won't be disappointed when it doesn't. So some people on purpose set their expectations low just so they won't be disappointed if it doesn't happen. Well, what if it does? I'd rather aim high and miss it than aim low and get it. Amen. Let's believe God at another level. So number two, hope is more than a motivational thought. We, we are not preaching motivation. Now, the scriptures can motivate us to get in faith and motivate us to get in hope, but we are not motivational speakers. We are not life coaches. We are preachers under the anointing of the Holy Spirit with the power of the living God, the power of his word that's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We're not peddling what the world has. The world has motivational speaking. Uh, uh, Oprah is wonderful. She just had this big thing, you know, get, you know what do we do now? What are the, uh, wonderful. But that's motivational, and it's not at the core of the word of God. Amen. We, we have hope in what God's word says. And that's where the power is at. Dr. Phil doesn't have the answer. And without God, we are lost people as, with the best answers we can come up with. That's still carnal and worldly. We put our hope in something so much bigger and so much better. We're kingdom people. And hope is the product of a renewed mind. So it's not motivational thought, but it's a renewed mind. That's re it's a mind that's renewed in the word of God. Over and over, faith comes to me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith, it's the product of a hope, is the product of, of a renewed mind. And, and a renewed mind has transformational power. A renewed mind has the power to transform situations. And we begin to look at it like God looks at things. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world. We have to work on that right now, y'all, because the world is really trying to... I mean, that's all you're seeing. I know uh, when I look on Facebook, that's what I'm seeing. World and no hope. And people are talking the problem. I can't even stand it when you go to a prayer group and somebody prays and they're just telling God about the problem. He already knows all that. That's not prayer. Prayer is standing against it. Prayer is, is taking the keys of the kingdom of heaven and binding it. Taking the keys of the, uh, key, keys of the kingdom of heaven and loosen the power of God in the earth with our mouth. That's what prayer is. It's not telling God about the problem. We got to stop talking about the problem and start talking to the mountains. Amen. And telling them to move. God put us here on purpose. We are here to talk to the mountains of our generation. That's why we're here. Hallelujah. But be transformed by the renewing. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 1 John 5, 4, for whatever is born of God does what? Overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So if you've got no hope, you've got no faith. So you've got to stir up hope. Amen? So it's easy to get drawn out of hope and worn down with hopelessness. You know, the pandemic shut our world down. There's murder, hatred, and racism. Activists have taken over part of Seattle. They're actually talking about defunding the police. And that's just national news. You know, the church hasn't been together for three months. 
You know, we've been watching online and, you know, like part of us is here, but, but um, you know, th- we've got to be strong during this time. And one thing that Bishop Hilliard um, told us this week is that this whole COVID-19, he said, God got him out of the bed. He was asleep and God got him out of the bed to tell him this whole COVID thing is about disrupting unity. It's, a, it's about division. It's about keeping the church from being together. He said, America follows the church of England. And the churches in England, they have massive cathedrals, massive churches are empty. And he said that bankers in in America are saying, well, we don't want to finance this or finance that because America follows England. And we don't want to see empty church buildings. Amen. We want, the, we, we want the body of Christ to stand strong together. So we have to stand against that. That's a word of knowledge so that we know how to, how to battle in the spirit realm, that we stay together, that we stick together. Amen. So we need, we need God to open our eyes so we see the battle that's before us for what it is. You know, we, we place pause on glorifying God in our family, which is about getting tools to, you know, have a successful family life, which is important. That's, that's a, a wonderful vision for our life is to, for our family to glorify God, right? But that's a little part of the picture. We're part of the big picture. The big picture being part of the body of Christ that we're here to affect change in our generation. We cannot just be normal. We cannot just be regular. Y'all, that God has not called us to just be regular and just come to church just to get your family straight. You have to decide, I'm going to be part of the bigger picture, which is about winning the loss, which is about cleaning people's lives up, helping people turn their lives around and staying on them. Like, you know, um, I ministered to a couple of, um, uh, a couple weeks ago and, uh, you know, said, you know, it's important that you're at church. I need you to be here. If you're going to turn your marriage around, you need to be here, you know, and, um, I don't want to fuss, but you know, you have to make an effort. And I, and I, and I'm trying to tiptoe around this, but we can't tiptoe. You have to push back. You know, when they texted me this morning and said, you know, well, we got this reason or that reason why we can't come. And I'm like, but it's important for your marriage that you're here. You have to create a culture. Of, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Then you got to serve the Lord. That means you can't do it from home if you need to be here. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't care what's going on. You need to make that effort to be here. So don't be afraid to push people towards righteousness. It's like we tiptoeing around everybody these days. And that's not what God has called us to do. We're not called to tiptoe. We're called to be bold. Hallelujah. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because <laughs> y'all are here. <laughs> but, but we have to push back on this, this division. That's what's at the root of, of racism. Division. It's got the face of racism, but the root, the satanic root, is division. COVID-19, it's about sickness. The face is sickness, right? But it's about Division, keeping us from being together. We can't hug. We can't lay hands. We can't, you know, we bumping elbows and we probably shouldn't be doing that. You know, I mean, it's like, it's about division. So we have to attack the root of it, which is division. The spirit behind it is division. Hate. What is at the root of hate? Division. Division. So we have to go against it. And uh, so, you know, a lot of people are, are right now stirring up hate 
rather than let what do we what can we do to come together what can we do to you know how can we change the laws how can we how can we um you know what can we do and and i believe that people are trying to figure out what to do as far as justice because there has to be liberty and justice for all or there's not justice at all so laws have got to be changed and we need to champion that cause and, and continue to push for change. And I believe that they are wanting to make change. I believe that with all my heart. But we have to continue to push this thing in the spirit realm because there is a demon called division that wants to keep us divided. Divide churches, divide families, divide cities, divide nations. We're part of the big picture. So this week we press, we press pause on the little picture so that we could press go on the big picture, which is get enough hope and faith in our hearts that we're, that we're attacking the root cause of division. The Bible says, be careful lest you bite and devour one another. That's not what God's called us to. He's called us together in unity first john 4 20 through 21 if someone says i love god and hates his brother he's a liar for he who, do, who does not love his brother whom he has seen how can he love god whom he has not seen and this commandment we have from him that he who loves god must love his brother also amen if the devil can divide us he can conquer us matthew 12 25 why do you think he works so hard at division matthew 12 25 every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house or country divided against itself will not stand jesus wants us to be so together that we are one that we're one together with him john 17 20 through 23 i do not pray for these alone but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you and me, right? Through the word of the apostles, don't we believe in Christ? Jesus was talking about you and me right there. He said, I don't just pray for these, Father, that are right here with me. But also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they, may, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. That they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me. That they may be made, that they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Wow. Wow. What a prayer did Jesus pray for unity. So if the will of God is one, then the plan of the enemy is division and discord and disruption of peace. So I think on social media, we don't just need to scroll by. We don't want to stir up a fight, but I think we ought to sow peace every place that we can. As much as depends on you, live in peace. Sometimes that means being quiet. Sometimes that means stepping in and saying, you know, something, something sweet, something that brings peace and brings the people back to, oh, yeah, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> That's who we are. Brings people back to remembrance. So... We're ambassadors of hope, and he's raised us up to be the mouth, mouthpiece for our generation and for this situation that's going on in the United States of America. He's raised us up as his mouthpiece during this time. So we got to speak up. Number three, hope dares us to believe God for what seems impossible. Hope is a nothing is impossible with God fire in your heart that refuses to give up no matter what. It's a fire. Hope is a fire that keeps you burning. 
Matthew 19, 26. With men, this is impossible. With, but with God, come on, help me, y'all. How many things? All things are possible. An end of racism, it's possible. Hallelujah. With God, all things are possible. Jeremiah 32, 17 through 18. Behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. You show loving kindness to thousands. Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Jeremiah 32, 27. Stay alert. I am God, the God of everything living. Is there anything I can't do? Luke 18, 27, what is pos- impossible with men is possible with God. Hope always says God is greater than my obstacle. God is greater than anything I can face. It's an awareness that God is actually expecting, looking and longing to show you his goodness. How many of you believe that? God wants to show me something good. It's what stabilizes your frantic thoughts and emotions. It's an awareness that no problem is big enough to keep God from rescuing you. Nothing. Number four, hope enables us to endure hardships with long waiting periods. I look at Brandy and I see what hope. I heard heard you saying amen. (laughs) My heart was going, you know, she's, she's, how many years have you been battling cancer? Three years? Three years, she's, she's been fighting. I've been there with her at the hospital when she was so sick with this chemotherapy that brings you almost to the point of death and then they bring you back. And now she's doing radiation. I mean, she has endured hardships and long waiting periods, but it causes hope. She's here today. She's here today because hope got her up and got her dressed and got her in the car and brought her here because she's got hope. I have hope that God's got a bigger plan for my life than cancer, a bigger plan than fighting for three years, that God's going to bring something out of this that's going to cause her to have more character. If she hadn't gone through this, we've had conversations about this, that, that this has changed her. This has been a long battle, a life and death battle. But look at hope. Look at hope sitting there today in our midst. Hope says, God, I believe you have a plan even in this. God uses these times to develop character in us. Romans 5, 3 through 5, it says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Amen. So hope is not going to disappoint, Brandy. Hope is not going to disappoint. Hallelujah. Psalm 27, 14. Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles. Mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. That word wait means to bind together by twisting. You bind yourself together with God and twist yourself up in God so much so that, that, that you are one with him. It's like in Texas. You know how Texas, we have those tall Texas pine trees. 
And it's got a tap root that goes so far down, you just almost can't get to the end of it. That's why they can just um, not fall over in windstorms and that kind of thing. They'll snap before they'll move out of the ground. But a tall Texas pine tree is strong, right? Have you ever seen how a little vine will grow up below it and will get in how pine, pine bark is kind of uh, porous? And that little vine will get in between that bark and will wind up that tree. And it's no longer a little vine anymore. It's taken on the, the power and the strength and the stability of the tree. See, Brandy, you're not just a little vine. It's not just you by yourself. It's you with your arms around God like Jacob said, I will not let go until you bless me. It's not my power. It's not my strength. But you begin to take on the strength of that tree. You begin to take on the strength of the cross. You take on the strength of a Savior. You take on the strength of God Almighty. Hallelujah. Whoo. Nehemiah 8.10, it says, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I can endure because there's hope that on the other side of this issue, there's a blessing. Even what someone else meant for evil, God will turn it for good. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So God's got a hope for you. He's got a future and he's got a hope. Message translation, he says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Give you the future that you hope for. What is the picture that you've made of your life? What is the, what's the mission? That, that you're, what is it that you're hoping for in your life? What's the mission? What's your mission statement for your life? What is it? God wants to give you the future that you hope for. If you've not hoped anything, if you haven't drawn up a vision, write the vision and make it plain so you can run with it. Number five, hope continues to say so. Hope speaks. Hebrews 10, 23, you've got to continue to speak by faith and hope against hope. When it looks hopeless, hope anyhow. Hope against hope. Hope 10, I mean, Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. So let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Let us hold fast. What I'm hoping for is what I'm speaking. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I'm rich. Let the, let the sick say, I am healed. Amen. So, so we speak in agreement with our hope. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. So don't say one thing one day and something else the next. For he who promised is faithful. Hallelujah. The, the promises of God in him are yes and they are amen. So God, we already have a yes and an amen from God. The promises of God are yes and they are amen. So if I already have a promise from God and it, I already have a yes and an amen from him, then it's just up to me to hold fast to that confession of hope without wavering because he promised and he's faithful. He's going to come through. Psalm 107, 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Joel 3, 10, let the weak say, I am strong. Romans 4, 17 through 18, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist, as though they did. Verse 18, Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. Contrary to hope. There's no hope for you, Abraham. In the natural, there's no hope. 
You're an old man. The Bible says that his loins were shriveled up. He was 100 years old. You ever seen a 100-year-old man father a child? Not going to happen. But God had given him a promise. He had a hope that God would cause the impossible to be possible. He, contrary to hope, in hope believed. You got to be contrary to those things that, that seem to be impossible. And choose to believe. He contrary. Abraham who contrary to hope. In hope believed. So that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken. Every time he said his name. Because God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And Abraham means father of a multitude. Every time someone said his name. Father of a multitude come here. Father of a multitude where are you? Father of a multitude let's do this. Every time they said his name, they were declaring the will of God and the hope of God over his life and the promise of God. So you've got to keep saying it. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, that's how it works. You've got to get in agreement with what God's word says, with what it is that you're hoping for in his word. Get in agreement with your mouth. Death and life is in the power of our tongue. Our tongue steers our life. So what you say really does matter. Message translation says, when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. If he said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I believe we ought to lay hands expecting a leg to grow out. I think we ought to lay hands expecting somebody who's born without eyeballs to suddenly have eyeballs. I think we ought to expect somebody with a back problem to get up and walk. We ought to expect somebody with cancer to, to, to leave healed in Jesus' name. We ought to expect to see something happen. We've we got to raise up. Raise up. Not hoping, not believing, and living <coughs> not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. If he said he would do it, we got to stand up and declare it and be bold. First Corinthians 9.10, for our sakes, no doubt this is written, that he who plows should plow in what? In hope. As you're plowing, there's no seed in the ground yet. There's no harvest yet. But you're plowing in hope that I'm going to put this seed in the ground and this seed is going to come up and be exactly what it's supposed to be. I'm plowing, but I'm plowing in hope. I don't see anything yet. We've got to be, be willing to plow in hope. Amen. I took a, a, one of those little uh, cherry tomatoes the other day and I thought, let me just see if I can grow some tomatoes. I just took the tomato and I squeezed the seeds into the ground, barely covered it up a little bit. Now I've got a plant that's about this tall with six buds on it for six little tomatoes. And I just squirted it in the ground. It didn't take much effort at all. But we ought to plow in hope knowing that as I plant seeds, know that as I, as I, I declare the word of God, which is a seed, the word of God is a seed. As you speak the word of God, it goes into the spirit realm and it grows. Amen. So while I'm speaking the word, we're, we're plowing in hope. To plow means to turn up the earth and prepare it for sowing with harvest as the end result. I'm expecting to see a harvest. Number two, let's talk quickly about building hope. There is an empowerment factor in hope. Number one, our hope is built on God's ability to work. 
I believe he's able. Do you believe God's able today? Do you believe he's able to do the impossible? The problem has to be on our side. Amen. I believe we're, we're at the very threshold. We're, we're, I believe that it is here that the time of revival, the time of outpouring, the time of awakening is here. Suddenly, I believe it's here upon us. Amen. And I believe that God is able to do it. Isaiah 43, 13. Is God able? Yes, he is. Yes, from the time of the first existence of day and from this day forth, I am he. And there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I will work and who can hinder or reverse it. That's powerful. When God says I'm ready to work, you better know that he's able to do it. And nobody can hinder or reverse it when God is ready to work. I believe God's ready to do something now that we've never seen before. That revival is about to be poured out. That the manifested glory of God, I believe over the next 10 years, we're about to see the glory and the power of God go from glory to glory to glory. God's coming after a glorious church. So we got to preach like this. So our faith is up for this. So we're ready for what God has promised us. Amen. So number two, our hope is built on the accountability of God's witnesses. Amen. We can look at people who, who brought hope in their day and, and know that God um, wants to bring hope to our day. Amen. I just get so excited when I think about the fact that he chose us. Y'all, we're living in the last days. I mean, this is, this is like revelation knowledge. It is like so on my spirit now that I know we are living in the last days that, uh, that, that we've been chosen for this. He put us here for this, to be ready for it. We can't be sleeping and be like it was in, in Noah's day where people were just going about their business, doing their regular thing. He's coming like a thief in the night. Do y'all think about these things? Do y'all think about it? Hebrews eleven eleven through 12. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength, physical strength, to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. You know, when, when God came to Abraham and Sarah, he said, this time next year, Sarah's going to have a child. Sarah was in ear, within earshot. She could hear it, and she said, she laughed. Sarah laughed, saying, shall I have a child now that I'm old? And the Lord said, where is Sarah? She comes over and he says, why did you laugh? She said, I didn't laugh. He said, oh, but you did laugh. But then somehow, she judged him faithful. Something about, even though it made her laugh, something made her get in faith and hope. And by that time the next year, there was Sarah giving birth to a child. So it was in three months of him saying it, that she was pregnant. Amen. This time next year, you'll have a child. That means within three months of, of her laughing, she was preggers. God can work quicker than we think he can. David brought hope to Israel when they were hiding in a ditch because Goliath was, was threatening them. 
David brought hope to Israel. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The woman at the well brought hope to Samaria. Come see a man who told me all things ever that I did. Moses brought hope to the Israelites when he was there as a deliverer. Nehemiah brought hope to a cast down nation when the walls had fallen down. He brought hope to them and they rebuilt the walls in 52 days. Caleb and Joshua, as they went in with the 12 spies, these two men came back and said, we're well able, let's go. We're well able to overtake it. Yeah, there's walls. Yeah, there's giants. But you ought to see the size of the grapes. We're well able. Let's go immediately. Let's don't wait. They, these two brought hope. And these testimonies of these people encourage our, our hope today. We're the church of Jesus Christ, bringing hope to the last generation. Number three, our hope is built on the appreciation of God's want to. God wants to. You know, when, when the, the lepers came to me, he said, he said the, it was the one leper, he said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He said, I am willing. And he touched him, and he was healed of his leprosy. I believe God wants to bless me. Do you believe that? I believe he wants to heal our land. Do y'all believe that? My hope is anchored in his love for me. For God so loved, he, he so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, it's been hard for your pastor for these last three months. You know, I come in and I smile and I give you the word, but don't think that I haven't struggled behind the scenes or when I'm by myself because we've been out of church for three months we had finally built our church up to over 100 people. Amen. And then this, this happens for three months. You know, I'm, I'm thinking in my heart, God, is this it? We've done all this work. We've been through all this together. Is, it, is, is this it? I know you've got to have a plan. I know there's got to be something you're going to do. What's, what, what's happening? What's happening? My heart is to guide and to gather, and every pastor in America, I feel for us. I feel for us all because our heart is to guide and to gather, and we're, we're divided, and we're staying home, and we're watching online now because we can or because we're afraid of this virus. Jeremiah 3.15 says, I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart in the final time who will feed you with knowledge and understanding and judgment. I don't know of a whole lot of preachers who would preach this message today. A lot of preachers just want you to, to feel good and go home and keep coming back so I can make you feel good again. Shepherds after my heart in the final day are going to have to tell the truth. And we got to be ready to hear it. You have to value the word that goes over this pulpit, that it's been put together by God, that it's fresh bread from heaven, but you got to value it. Amen. And I know that you do because you're here. Hallelujah. We have to value it. We have to value the fact that God has a word for us. We have to don't just value it, but place the utmost value upon it. In the final time, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding and judgment. Hebrews 10, 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as 
some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Do you see that? He gives you shepherds in the final time, and he's saying don't neglect meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Amplified version says not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. Let me tell you how God has encouraged my faith in the last 10 days. Friday, I went to go hear Roy Lee sing in Humble. It was wonderful. It was wonderful, but I was just expecting to go hear my brother sing. I was just going to sit in the lawn chair with my friend Sherry and just listen to him sing. That's what I was, really, that's all I, that's all I thought it was about, y'all. Y'all feel, I, I mean, I just thought it was about, let's go sing some gospel songs, wave our hands, and go home and get something to eat. But it was more than that. It was prayer and praise. And Will Irwin, who used to be a member of our church, um, was calling up different pastors to get up and pray. And then he looked at me. He said, would you like to pray? I said, oh, yes, I would. Because we've been praying for years for revival and humble, right? And here I was on Main Street with my feet on Main Street in humble praying for revival right in the middle of me wondering god what i felt like elijah in the cave going i'm the only one what are you doing i'm the only one god said you're not the only one right then and there i saw other people praying for the same thing i'm like wait a minute they're praying for revival in number two wait a minute there's more people like me i'm not the only one Then one of the pastors who got up, Pastor Eric, said, well, Tuesday we're going to have a unity walk. And he said, I would like for you to to, um, pray on the um, city hall steps. (laughs) And made me do the cabbage patch. I'm like, hallelujah, yes, I will be there to pray on the the, uh, city hall steps. I was so excited. So I guess about 500 people showed up. With hardly any advertising, 500 people showed up on Tuesday in downtown Humble to walk from where we were there on Main Street down to City Hall. The mayor walked with us. The chief of police walked with us. The city manager walked with us. The chamber of commerce walked with us. Um, Everybody who's anybody in Humble walked with us for unity, black, white, Hispanic. We were all walking in unity and singing the praises of God. Joshua was, uh, brought his cross, and he, he was out in front with that cross. I was so proud that, that here we were in humble, you know, where it looks like for, for three months nothing's going on, and people aren't coming to church. And what's, what's happening, God? What are we doing here? Your pastor was tripping for a minute. But I had my moment there, like Elijah at the cave, and God said, Look, I got other people who want revival. These are people, 500 people who want revival and humble and want unity showed up. And then that night uh, there, uh, right down the steps from City Hall on the street, one of the brothers there said, could you come tomorrow? I'd like for you to come tomorrow to this Wednesday prayer meeting we have every week in humble to just pray for revival. I said, I'm there. What time? He said, 8 o'clock. I said, oh. Yes, I'll be there. I'll get up early. I will get somebody to do prayer call, and I will be there. And there I was in a church right down there on Main Street 
with uh, eight other pastors praying for revival. My feet in the middle of humble. How long have we been saying because you have planted Acceleration Church here, Humble, Texas is experiencing revival. How many times have we said that over the last four years? 52 times four? For four years we've been declaring. We've been declaring revival and humble because we're here. But we're not the only ones. So, this Wednesday... I meet with these same pastors to go to the artesian well. Did you know in Humble that they found water? They were digging for oil and they found water, an artesian, an artesian well. So there's an abundance of water in Humble. And then they did strike oil in Humble. Humble Oil Company was the first oil company, is now ExxonMobil. The first gas station in the world was in Humble, Texas. So they struck water, they struck oil, and then they found salt in Humble. We're the salt of the earth. And I believe in Humble, we are people that are the salt of the earth. If you could have seen the 500 people that just came out of nowhere to walk down the street and to march in unity together, it was a salty bunch. And then the water of the word, they struck water, water of the word. I believe there, there's a lot of churches in number, and I believe that humble is word rich. Amen. And then the oil, they struck oil. Oil is symbolic. Uh, water is symbolic of the word in, in scripture. Water, the washing of the water by the word. So anytime you, you see water represented, you know, especially in a situation like this, is going to be talking about the word. Oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. They struck oil here. The first oil was here. Do you know there has, there's been... People, I think they said 15 million people, I I believe that's what I heard him say, for years have been praying for revival in Humble, Texas. God spoke to them and told them that there's a revival that's going to begin in Humble, Texas and spread to Houston and from Houston spread all over the earth. Do you see how quickly things are happening? It's like momentum has happened. And when I went in this group, I said, y'all have no idea. I've been saved for 26 years. And for 26 years from day one, they told me there's supposed to be a revival in Humble when I read about the Azusa Street Revival, how it was supposed to be here. But they could not receive it because they were so prejudiced they couldn't receive William Seymour, a black man who was the head of this revival, the one whom God sent it through. They couldn't receive him because he was black. So that spirit of racism kept humble from receiving what we were supposed to get. But many a prophet has spoken and declared that he's going to give it back to humble. And when we saw that unity march, the first time, the first time in history that there's been a united march down the streets of humble, Texas, just happened Tuesday. Humble was so prejudiced that they said, One day in the 30s, somebody woke up and said, we don't want any black folk in Humble whatsoever. Nobody living here, nobody buried here. They dug up their bodies and moved them over behind Home Depot. How many of you do that? Over behind Home Depot, they moved their bodies. Am I telling the truth, Kevin? I know you know about this. You can can Google it and see it. They moved their bodies. They moved the cemetery because they said Humble's going to be lily white. They made all the black folk move over here across. 59 used to be railroad tracks in the 1930s. 
59 was railroad tracks. So they made all the black folks moved over the border of the railroad tracks. That's why this is called Bordersville right over here. Because that's, that's where they had to live. They could go in and work, but they had to come over this way to live. That's why it's called Bordersville. First time. What did you say about churches? Yeah, they moved the churches out too. They moved, they moved churches out. Yeah, well, St. Luke's, yeah, was moved over the, over the tracks, over this way. That's right. I remember him saying that. Pastor Sloan was there on Tuesday. And uh, now he says they've moved back in. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They bought like so many acres, like a bunch of acres and built a big old church over there, predominantly black church. Praise the Lord. He was there in the unity walk with us the other, the other, on Tuesday night. But never in Umble's history has there been a united march where we walked together down the streets singing and worshiping God and stood on the steps of City Hall and declared unity in Umble. Umble ain't lily white no more. <laughs> Hallelujah. But look what God is doing, and it's happening so fast. So we pray at the Artesian Well this coming Wednesday, and then the following Wednesday we're going to the Chamber of Commerce to just pray over the businesses in Umble. That... Um, you know, that, that God would bless the businesses in Humble, that people will come back to work, that, that um, you know, we're just, we're just going to the, to the we're going to, to strategic places in Humble just to pray. I said, y'all, I had been believing for 26 years for, for revival in Humble. And they were just astounded. They're like, look at how God is pulling this together. It's only been a few months that they've been praying like this. But how wonderful is that? When I'm over here thinking, you know, we're three months into this pandemic, what, what are you doing, God? And God shows me he's behind the scenes, working on the big picture, something so big. So that's why, you know, I've continued to build the children's ministry. And I'm about to break ground and build another children's ministry on this side. Why? So we have enough room for all the people that are going to be coming. I have hope. I have hope. And I believe that God is going to do exactly what he said he was going to do in Humble. Because you have planted Acceleration Church here, Humble, Texas is experiencing revival. Hallelujah. I'm praying, God, write a story so big and humble that only you can claim the credit. Job eleven eighteen, full of hope, you'll relax, confident again. You'll look around, sit back, and take it easy. Romans fifteen thirteen says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel, you got to think about Ezekiel when you're talking about hope. God brings Ezekiel out into a valley of dry bones, and they're not just bones, they're very dry bones. He said, behold, the bones were very dry. And he said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can you get enough hope in your heart to believe that these bones can live? He said, oh, Lord. You know, I don't know, but you know, he said, prophesy to the bones, prophesy to the bones and tell them, thus says the Lord, you will come together end to end and I will put sinew and flesh upon you and you will stand up upon your feet an exceedingly great army. See, we need to look at some stuff and say, thus says the Lord God almighty. You need to speak to your situations in your own life. Thus says the Lord God Almighty. 
Speak to humble Texas when you drive through. Thus says the Lord God Almighty. You're marked for revival. The people of humble are marked for revival. They're mar- marked for a move of God. Hallelujah. Can the church make a comeback? Yes. Comeback's always better than the setback. Can America put racism behind it? Can America put racism behind us? Thus says the Lord God, you foul spirit of division and hatred and murder and rape. We curse you and we bind you at the very root. And we send you back to hell, not on our watch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we know that we're living in the last days. Thank you for the word that you give us to go across this pulpit in our ears, Lord God that hits our spirit and raises us up to believe you, to believe you. Lord, we ask you to let hope be stirred up in us. And Lord, as we speak to things, it's got to change. As we say, thus saith the Lord, as we say it with confidence, God, we thank you that your spirit confirms the word with signs following. Thank you, Lord. We know you've got us marked out for something great. We know that Humble Texas is the the strike of the match that will spark an end time revival. And Lord, we know other places are believing for it, but God, we know that we know that we know even people in Indonesia have been praying. People all over the world have been praying for this revival that will begin in a little town called Humble. God, we receive it. We receive what you want to do. And we say, thus saith the Lord, humble Texas, you are experiencing revival. People are coming from the north, the east, the south, and the west. They're coming to this place. They're coming to this city. Father, we declare as they drive on the street that they sense your presence. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit convicts us and convicts them of their sins. And Lord, they call on the name of the Lord and the name of the Lord. Father, all who call on that name shall be saved. Father, we pray that that there's enough hotels and enough places for people to stay to get into this city. Father, we pray that the churches are ready to open their doors, that, Lord, we're preparing for what we declare. We're preparing children's church for our children to be taught the word of God. We declare revival in our children's hearts, an awakening and an outpouring in our children, Lord, our teenagers, our college-age students. Lord, for every man, woman, boy, and girl, let your spirit come upon us mightily. Prepare us, Father. Prepare us. If there be any evil way in us, God, we repent and we lay it on this altar today. God, we ask you to create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew to us a right spirit within us. And don't take your Holy Spirit from us. But God, prepare us. Make us a people perfectly prepared for your vision. Perfectly prepared. Our whole spirit, soul, and body is prepared. Thank you, Father. We love you so much. We love you so much. And Lord, we've we've held on for a long time. But Lord, the present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. So Lord, we say manifest your glory in this place. Father, we ask you to manifest your glory in humble Texas. That Lord, you're doing something that People have only dreamed of. Eye has not seen, 
ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which you prepared for those that love you. So, Father, we receive it all in Jesus' name. Any area of our life that needs a turnaround, Father, we say, thus saith the Lord to it, be healed. Thus saith the Lord to brokenness, be healed. Thus saith the Lord to sickness, be healed. Thus saith the Lord to apathy, be stirred up in faith. Thus saith the Lord to the uncommitted, be committed in Jesus' name. Thus saith the Lord. Father, we thank you that things begin to change and there's a noise and a rattling and things begin to change in the spirit realm. But God, we just thank you for the manifestation of our faith to come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, you say, Pastor Sally, not right with God. I'm not right with him today, but I want to be right. You'd say, Pastor Sally, I'm I'm not saved, but I want to be saved. I don't know that I have a a right relationship with Jesus, I don't know, but I want to have a good relationship with Jesus. How do I do it? Well, I'm going to just lead you in a very simple prayer, and if you believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth, the Bible says you shall be saved. So I'm just leading you in a very simple prayer. Just repeat it after me. If you mean this in your heart, God's about to change your life, your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So repeat after me. Say, Father. Everybody come on and say it. Say, Father. I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose, and sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. I believe that you sent Jesus to die in my place on the cross. And I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart. And into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name. Well, if you just said that prayer and you meant it in your heart, in your your, um, welcome packet, there is a connection card. If you would take out that card and fill it out. And on the back of the card, there's a little box that you can check that says, yes, I say yes to Jesus and commit my life to Christ as my Lord. Put a check mark right there. Fill it out on the front. Make sure to include your phone number. I want to call you and give you some information about what you should do next in your journey with Christ. As as you've just begun a brand new journey, you're a brand new babe in Christ. You've got to be raised up. And so I want to give you information about what to do next. So um, if you would fill this out and you're going to take it over here to see, um, let's see, who's back there? Who's it? Yuri? You're going to see Yuri? Yuri, wave your hand. Good-looking man, Yuri, back there. You're going to take the card over to him, and then he has um, a little pamphlet he's going to give you to show you what you should do next in your walk with Christ. And then also, um, if you're here for the first time, we again welcome you. So glad that you're here visiting with us. If you would, meet with Yuri over there, and you're going to turn in your card, and he's going to give you a special gift that we have prepared for you this morning. So you're just going to go right over there, see Yuri with the Wonder Woman shirt on, and... uh, (laughs) He loves Wonder Woman. So anyway, you just take it over to Yuri, give him your card, and he's going to give you a special gift we prepared for you today. Amen. Hallelujah. What a wonderful day. Well, it's offering time.
Amen. This is our time where we return our tithes and offerings. For those of you who are watching online, if you just prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, if you just go to the Acceleration Church app, if you haven't downloaded the Acceleration Church app, it's very simple to do so. Just go to Google Play or the App Store and download the Acceleration Church app. Of course, Acceleration starts with an X. So um, just uh, download the Acceleration Church app and you can give easily from the um, Acceleration Church app, or you can also um, uh, sign your commitment card there. There's on the very front page of the, of the app, there's a button that says commitment card. So if you would just fill that out and it would, it, it might say commitment or connection card. I believe it says commitment card. Fill that out and uh, let us know that you prayed the prayer of salvation, that you received Christ in your heart today. Amen. All right. Are y'all ready to give? This is the time in our service where we give back to God. As we give our tithes and offerings, we connect to the all-sufficiency grace of God. That This is where God opens up. He says, try me now in this. If you're not a tither, you know, God spoke at the beginning of this year and said, plenty, plenty in 2020. But what connects us to the plenty is, um, is being a tither and a giver. When you give tithes and offerings, he said, try me now and see if I won't. Open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing. You will not have room enough to receive it. And then Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So as we tap into, as we give into the kingdom of God, it, it causes us to tap into the all-sufficiency grace of God. He pours out blessing on your life that you can't get any other way. Amen. And uh, God 